Good morning, everybody. You guys awake, second service? Got your coffee on, got a little breakfast, got here for church. Well, I don't know about you, but how many of you are glad to just be back in church, in the building? My Lord, uh, I'm excited. I'm just glad that we're here worshiping together. We can see each other and uh, stop staring at the computer as much, right? And so today's going to be a good day. My name's Kevin. Um, as Ricky said, I'm one of the campus pastors, but I'm out at the Saline County campus. I've uh, been there for two years. I moved here from South Florida two years ago. Anybody been to West Palm Beach or know where that's at? Anybody? All right, that's where I'm from. And so when I lived there, I lived two miles from the ocean. And now I live two miles from $3 Generals. You know, I just love Arkansas. I really do. And here's the main thing that I love about Arkansas is the people. I, don't, I, I do miss the ocean. I do miss 80-degree weather in December. But the people of Arkansas, my family's fell in love with you guys and the people of, of just this whole area. So we're grateful to be here and be a part. I got a picture of my family so you guys can see where I come from. And uh, this was a couple weeks ago at Orange Beach, uh, Alabama, went there my first time there, and uh, this is my son Caleb, the youngest, or the, my middle son right here, uh, he's eight years old, my daughter Addison, she's 13, uh, thinks she's 20, and uh, that's my wife, Danielle, she's the worship pastor at the Saline County campus, and that's Cole Baby, that's the surprise blessing, all right, y'all look at me, y'all like, you got gray in your beard, and you got a nine-month-old, yes, that is me. And so we are, uh, we're just blessed, man, happy. And uh, it's been crazy, I, you know, being an old dad <laughs> with a young kid has been crazy. I mean, I thought I was past all these stages, right? And uh, the other, a couple months ago, we were in the doctor's office, and you, you know, you take the baby in there to get weighed and make sure he's growing properly. And so I'm sitting in there, you know, with my grayish hair, my beard, and I'm sitting in there with my wife. And there's just kids running around the lobby going crazy. And I'm thinking, like, did I pass all this stage? You know what I mean? Why am I back in here? And, and so there's two little cute twins, though. They were running around talking to everybody in the lobby. They were just so, they were just awesome. So this one little girl, she's probably two. She had pigtails. And she's, like, walking around talking to everybody. And she comes over to me. And she looks at me and she goes, Pawpaw? I said, no, little girl, I'm not your pawpaw. You know, I was like, you need to stop, all right? I know I look old in here. And the mom's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, she calls everybody pawpaw that has gray hair and like awesome. So then like five minutes later, they call us back to go back. And I grab Cole in the car seat and, you know, I'm heading out. And she runs up to me and she goes, bye-bye, pawpaw. And I hurt that little girl right there that day. And no, I'm just joking. But uh, it's good to be here, and uh, they call me Pawpaw, uh, Pastor Pawpaw out in Saline County because of that story. But um, honestly, man, I'm just a, a blessed dad to have this crew with me. They're amazing kids. And uh, how many of you know kids are awesome sometimes? Yeah, no, nah, I'm just joking. They're, they're, they're good all the time. But I want to dive into this word today, and I believe um, specifically for us with what we've been going through in the last three or four months and what we're heading into. And uh, I just wanna pray before we dive in, is that okay? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just pray that you would um, open up our hearts 
to hear your words today. God, help us be sensitive to to things that uh, we need to hear. Open up our minds and our spirits, Lord. God, I just pray that you would use me as a vessel of yours, Lord. And uh, God, just speak this message in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Proverbs 13, 12 says this. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you ever been sick before? Raise your hand. All right, that's pretty sensitive right now as well, right? Getting sick is the worst, all right? You're in solitary confinement in your own house. There's tissues everywhere. There's daytime television. There's blankets. There's sweatpants. There's NyQuil. There's chicken noodle soup and ginger ale. And the funny part to me is some of the manliest men in the world turn into eight-year-old boys when they get sick. Come on, ladies, any, you got any of those men at your house? <laughs> oh, that's, that's going to be hard later on. They just, you know, we just turn into these, these little boys. I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. But getting sick is one of the worst things that can happen to a human being. And the scripture says, though, that sometimes we get heart sick. Not physically sick, but our heart can get sick when our dreams aren't fulfilled. When our hopes are deferred. And deferred means delayed. So hopes that we have for our life, dreams that we had for our life, for our businesses or for our kids, or you fill in the blank. Sometimes when those things don't happen like we thought they were, we can become heart sick. And really they're just delayed. They've been deferred. See, some of you might be heart sick because of some delayed hopes and dreams in your life. Maybe it's your sport teams are always bad. I'm not naming names up in here, but you had a bad year and you're just like, man, is my team ever gonna be good? Others of you are heart sick for more serious reasons. See, this life can make us heart sick, can it? We've been through some crazy times in our world and in our country, and it's still happening right now. See, you may be heart sick if you find yourself just not looking forward to anything anymore. Or when you feel like your best days are actually behind you. Or when you stop dreaming anymore, you could be heart sick. And we're gonna talk about a lady in the scriptures today that dealt with an ailment for 12 years. This said that she was bleeding for 12 straight years. And we're gonna talk about this lady and it's in Matthew 9, 20. And the story says this, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years, everybody say 12 years. It's a long time, isn't it? She dealt with constant bleeding It says that she came up behind him. It's talking about Jesus. So here Jesus is, he's walking into cities and everywhere Jesus walks into cities, crowds begin to to get around him. And the word gets out that Jesus is walking through cities and literally people come out from everywhere because they know if they can just get to Jesus that they'll probably be healed. They'll probably have their life changed forever. And this is what she was dealing with. And she says this, 
It says, she touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, not even his body, if I can just touch his clothes, then I will be healed. She does it, she reaches out, touches the bottom of his garment. Jesus turns around like, whoa, somebody just touched my clothes. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Let's talk about 12 years for a second, all right? 12 years ago, I was 32 years old. 12 years ago, I was in my, my fifth year of marriage. 12 years ago, that's, that's back when Tiger Woods was good at golf, y'all. I mean, he's trying to make a comeback, right? That was 12 years ago. 12 years ago, a lot of us, we were carrying around a Nokia 6100 in a Palm Pilot. 12 years ago, a horrible, horrible show called The Bachelor started. That's when every man, yes, come on guys, that's when every man in the world prayed for Jesus to come back sooner than later. A show called Friends was the number one rated show. Carrie Underwood won American Idol 12 years ago. But for 12 years, she had believed God for a miracle and she got nothing. And some of you in here today can relate. You've been asking God to show up for you, but it seems like he's not going to and your hopes and dreams have been delayed and you could be heart sick. You could be discouraged. You could be ready to throw in the towel today. See, some of you are begging God to show up for you right now in your life. Or you're asking him to send you a spouse. Or you're praying for healing in your body. Or you're dealing with the fear from the pandemic we've been in. Or you're desiring more of the purposes of God in your life. Or you have a son and daughter that you just can't seem to connect with anymore. Or your marriage has been tense for years and it's just not turning the corner and getting better. Or you can't just seem to get ahead of the game financially. And you just can't seem to get control of, of something that is controlling you. And sometimes when we're in these things of life, we can become heart sick. But listen, this morning I've entitled my message, Greater Days Ahead. Because I believe that the best days of your life are ahead of you. Even though you can't see it right now because we're going through a lot, I believe the best days are ahead of us. Call me crazy, call me uh, naive, call me super spiritual, but I just believe for my family that the days to come are gonna be filled with more laughter filled with more peace with God, more joy, more success, and more miracles. How many of you know we need miracles in our country and in our lives right now? We gotta believe for these things. I believe the greatest days of your life are ahead of you. I believe that God wants to give some people their hope back in this service right now. 
I believe God wants you to start dreaming again, start hoping again for things. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. I think it will help you. When we're thinking about greater days ahead, number one, it takes courage to keep trying. I've been there, man. You you get to a a place and you're like, man, I don't want to keep going on. It takes courage to pick yourself up and keep trying and keep going after the things that you're supposed to do and what God has called you to do. See, it takes courage to keep trying because every time you try, you risk failing. It says in the scripture that she touched the fringe of his robe. So what if she left outside the city because she heard Jesus was coming and she touches it and nothing happened? Leviticus says because of this woman's bleeding, she was considered unclean. Similar to someone inflicted with leprosy, she was a untouchable person. So back in those days, if you had an ailment like this, you had to live outside the city limits. You couldn't live in the city. You had to live outside where all the unclean people lived. So think about this lady. For 12 years, she has this ailment. She can't be around normal people. They put them outside of the city. But she heard that Jesus was coming. And in her mind, she's like, I don't care what the law is. I don't care what you're saying. I'm going to find Jesus today. Because if he can help me, I'm going to grab a hold of this man. Because I am desperate for more of God. I think God is wanting us to start getting desperate for him again. We become numb to, to, to walking with Christ sometimes. We get numb in the routine of it. But I think from this year on, we're gonna start getting desperate for more of God in our lives. Desperate for God to move in our churches. Desperate for God to do a new thing across our country. Can I get an amen on that? We gotta raise this level of expectation as Christ followers. God's gonna do something, y'all. See, she was considered an outcast because of her ailment and her condition. Listen, guys, she was not allowed to touch anybody, but she reached out and touched Jesus. She didn't care. See, sometimes you might feel like in your life, Kevin, I'm too unclean to touch Jesus. You don't know my past, man. You don't even know what what I'm dealing with right now in this room. Listen, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what's going on right now. You can always come to Jesus and touch him. That's what grace is about. I remember I was in college and I had a kind of rough past. I was a pastor's kid, kind of grew up in church my entire life. And I definitely ran from God for for about six or seven years as fast and as hard as I can. Anybody been there before? And uh, you just partied way too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should have simmered that down about three years earlier. That was me. And uh, when I came to Christ, there was nothing stopping me. And so I, I, I came to Christ in Southern California. I was living out there. Listen, if you want to be a new believer, don't live in Southern California, all right? You just need to get back to the South. And I'm just joking, but it's crazy out there. So I was out in Southern Cal, and, and 
I felt led to be a pastor. I knew I had a calling on my life. Called my parents. They said, man, move back to Atlanta, Georgia. That's where we were living at the time. And so I moved back six months later. Guys, I'm in a university to be a pastor. That, that's how fast the turnaround was for me. But I remember I got started college and I was doing so good in college. But it was like every negative thought in the world that Satan planted in my head was, is that you're not gonna graduate college. You're not gonna be a pastor. You're not good enough. Your past will always haunt you, Kevin. You're not gonna do this. And then I had the naysayer. Anybody had a naysayer or haters, they, we like to call them? The people looked at my life and saw who I was. Oh, they're, you're never gonna, that guy's never graduating college. Are you serious? And I, and I went through a season in my life where I literally almost walked to the admissions office and quit college a year from graduating. How many of you ever felt like quitting before? We all go through these seasons of our life that happen to us. See, some of you are here today and you're searching or you're, you've drifted these last three months and you just don't know what you really believe anymore. Maybe it's your marriage. Some of you, you're, you're married here and your marriage is falling apart. And it's e the easy way out would be just to give up or, or addictions. Addictions are real, y'all. There are many of you that maybe have battled this throughout your life. Alcohol, drugs, food, eating disorders, relationships. It's so easy to want to quit trying. Write this quote down. It says this, it's easy to quit in the moment and be full of regret down the road. Vince Lombardi said this, once you learn to quit, it becomes a habit. See, it takes courage, guys, to keep trying. Listen to me this morning. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. I think that we should throw a party for the people that just don't quit. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for though a righteous man falls seven times, what does it say? He rises again. Some of you this morning need to kick the dust off and brush your shoulders off and start going after the things that God wants you to do. Because Satan's got some of y'all paralyzed in your life and you feel stuck and paralyzed and God's got all these things around you that he's wanting to do. But today could be your day where you say, you know what, I'm done being paralyzed in my life. I'm done thinking that I'm stuck in my past and I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna touch Jesus's robe and it's game on. It's what the Lord is wanting from us. See, this woman took a risk. How devastating would it have been done if she went and nothing happened? See, it takes courage to keep trying. We need to learn the discipline of just not quitting. And there are greater days ahead for the people that just don't quit. Amen? Number two, write this down. It takes faith to see the other side. When you're in the middle of a storm and you're in the middle of something going on in your life, it literally takes faith to try to see the other side. I've been praying for this in my life. At the beginning of, of COVID-19, I watched the news way too much. It consumed me. I could not see the other side of what we're going, what we're going through. I can't. It's like I have to have faith to see us out of this thing. 
and our churches filled back up, amen? And all these things that are gonna come. But you gotta see faith to see the other side. Sometimes it takes so much faith to imagine circumstances being different. It's hard to have faith, though, after 12 years of having faith and nothing had happened. Mark 5, 26 says, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she what? She grew worse. How many of you have ever felt like that? Like I'm trying everything in the world to get this right and nothing is turning the corner. The more she tried, the worse it got. See, it's hard sometimes to see their side because you tend to see everyone else's awesome life so clearly, right? This is what social media is horrible about this, right? Ain't nobody taking selfies of cry faces and posting it out. No, everybody's showing their perfect life on Facebook or Instagram. My family's perfect, nobody fights. I'm at the beach all summer. That's, that's just lies, man. You just yelled at your wife before you got on Instagram. Nobody's done that in here, of course. But I wonder how many discouraging thoughts ran through her brain a day. Seeing everyone else touching people, hugging people, piggyback rides, you know, like, I don't know. Just imagine her watching this. See, we give you as pastors, we give you the quick story of the 12 years, the highlight reel probably. You know, she believed, she touched Jesus, and every, happily ever after. But we don't talk about the 12 years of discouragement she went through. What about the 12 years of not being able to touch anybody or hug anybody? We got huggers in here. I love to hug people. 12 years of insecurity that she felt. 12 years of barely hanging on. 12 years of battling doubt. Is God even real? 12 years is 4,380 days. 105,120 hours. 6,307,200 minutes or 378,432,000 seconds. That is a long time. Can you imagine how disillusioned she might have felt on day 400? Like it's been over a year, God. I'm still bleeding over here. I need help. It's been, it's been a long time. What about year five? Oh my gosh. It's been five years, Lord, and you haven't answered my prayer yet? Help me out, right? It's been five years. And then double that, you're at 10 years. God, where are you at, man? It's been 10 years. It's been a decade, Lord. See, it takes faith to see the other side. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm just gonna be honest with you as a pastor. I'm just like you guys. But if I don't hear a prayer answered in like three or four months, I'm like, where are you at? Right? Man, this lady challenges me. 
to see faith after 12 years that God's still gonna show up for her. It takes courage to keep trying. See, that's physical. That discipline to not quit, that's physical, guys. It takes faith the other side, that's spiritual. Number three, it takes one moment for everything to change. This is what happened to her. It was one moment and everything changed. I just wanna remind you that scripture says that and the woman was healed at that moment. And the Bible says that for 12 years, she had been trying to get rid of this disease, this issue. She had 12 years of praying, 12 years of begging on the streets, 12 years of embarrassment, but it all came down to one touch. And that one moment when she touched Jesus, that one encounter she had. See, one touch from Jesus changed everything for this woman. It changed the way she saw her future. It changed her confidence. It changed her relationship with God and others. One answer prayer changes everything, guys. One phone call, one closed door, one open door, one scripture at just the right time. In my life, it has been these encounters with God that have kept me going, these, these one time, these touches that I've had in my life. They've been the most significant times in my life. And I remember at the age of 14, I was in my dad's church and you know, when you're 14, you're in a whole, you're in a different world, right? I mean, you're not even thinking about anything and you're just in middle school and your hormones are out of control. Anyway, so I'm 14 and I was coming up to my mom. It was church kind of like this. There were stairs on the side and my mom was there. And there was a lady talking to her and she was one of our intercessory prayer ladies that prays for the church and prays for the pastors and our family. And, and I walk up to try to get some money for my mom for something, I can't remember, a snack or something. And uh, the lady's talking to my mom and she says, I, Kevin, come over here. And I'm like, all right. She said, I've been praying for you every night the past week. And that there's a calling on your life to be a pastor. And God's wanting to do some big things in your life. And you know, when you're 14, you're like, come on lady. Like, you know what I mean? Is this real or what's really happening here? But there was a moment that I had, even though I was 14 and not wanting to hear this, there was a moment that took place at 14 that I never forgot my whole life. When I was living in sin, when I was running from God, when I was partying as hard as I could, there'd be nights where I would I'd pass out and I would think about this moment I had at 14 at the altar of my dad's church. It was a moment that I had and it was something I could cling on to, right? It was something that I was able to hold on to through years and years before that moment actually happened in my life. And I feel like maybe there's some of you in this room that just need a moment with the Lord. You just need that personal connection with him and you become heart sick or you're discouraged or you're like, God, are you ever gonna show up for me? Or maybe you don't even hardly believe in God. I don't know. And you need a moment like this, just like this lady had. 
need it today. See, there were people like Moses that had a moment. See, he had his burning bush experience where, where God literally spoke to him and told him that he would take the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. He had a moment, uh, Abraham had a moment. He had a one-on-one -on -one encounter with God where God literally called him away from his homeland and told him to move somewhere else. The disciples, man, they had a moment with Jesus where they were sitting there fishing and, and Jesus walks up to them and says, come and follow me and I'll, I'll make you fishers of men. And they throw their nets down. They had a moment and started walking with Jesus. They had this moment. See, these defining moments that we have occur often all over the world and all kinds of people and it shows God's grace for our lives. I just need you to know, NLC Cabot, that God can do anything he wants to at any time. With one touch, he can heal your body. With one touch, he can give you peace that you need today. In one interview, you can get that job. In one moment, he can answer your most desperate prayer that some of y'all have been calling out to God. In one moment, you'll know how to lead your kids properly. In one heartfelt prayer, you can know you will be in heaven for eternity. And in one moment in God's presence can change everything. And I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for you. If you'll close your eyes across the room, I, I believe there's some of you that need that moment today before you leave this building. With your eyes closed and nobody looking around, I, I believe that Jesus is looking down on, on us today and he's saying, be encouraged. Be encouraged. It's been a hard season, be encouraged. He loves you. He sees your pain. He sees your stress. He sees your loneliness. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to walk alongside you. If you're here today, say, man, Kevin, I just need a prayer. I just, will you pray for me and I'm feeling heart sick. I'm feeling discouraged. I feel like I'm living in fear. I feel like I'm bound by anxiety. And I just need, I need a touch from God today. I wanna start dreaming again. I wanna start believing again. I, I need that from God today. If that's you and nobody looking around, just raise your hand real quick and say, Kevin, will you pray for me? Yes. Just raise it up high so I can see everybody. Yes, thank you, all of you. Thank you for your honesty. My hand's up as well. Yeah, you can put your hands down. I just wanna pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you know where we are. You knew we were gonna be in this building today. And I just pray, Father, that you would come to the people in this building right now. God, bring your peace. God, bring your encouragement. Bring your presence to us like we've never experienced before. 
God, we want a moment with you, Lord. We can't live this life without you, God. We can't make decisions without you, Lord. So I just pray that you would surround everybody in this room, God. I pray that they would walk out of this building sensing you with them, Lord. And I pray even in their homes as they have times of prayer or whatever, that your presence, God, would overwhelm them, Lord. Give them dreams again, God, for the future. God, may hope come back to some of them. May their marriages get healing, God, today. May they start dreaming again. God, we just thank you for your presence and what you've done in this place today. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.